Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Paget here, and on this week's episode, I'm interviewing Greg Hickman to discuss how you can productize and scale your design business using predictable systems. But before we get into that, I want to thank FreshBooks who have sponsored this episode. FreshBooks is a cloud-based accounting software that allows you to create professional invoices in as little as 30 seconds. One feature that I really love is that your clients can pay directly from those invoices too, meaning that you can get paid faster as a result. Right now, I'm offering listeners of the Logo Geek podcast a free 30-day trial, no credit card required. To claim that, just head to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek and be sure to enter Logo Geek in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So this past week has been a pretty big deal for me. You might not be aware, but for the past 11 years, I've been working as design director for a web design agency. Around three years ago, I went part-time in that role, which gave me more time to focus on Logo Geek. And that's about the same time that I started this podcast and the Facebook community. Um, But now I made that next big step. Last week was the last day in that role because I've decided to take the leap and focus on my own projects full time. That will include this podcast, the community, my own client projects, as well as a few exciting things I've already started working on, such as a series of books and courses. And I'll probably do some other stuff as well. Um, I do like working on lots of different things. I am incredibly excited, obviously, and it's awesome to be able to uh, have complete control over what I do with the rest of my career, but it's also really daunting. You know, over the last two months since handing in my notice, um, I've had lots of ups and downs, you know, moments where I feel really excited, but also moments when I woke up feeling <laughs> slightly Uh, sick being honest but I I do think I can make this work my partner's a full-time mum and we have our 10-month-old daughter and it's my sole responsibility to bring in, in enough cash to pay for mortgage bills food like everything that we need but thankfully I worked so hard last month booking in projects so I've got plenty on the go already and I'm going to work harder than I ever have to make this work. And of course, I'll be sharing my journey and progress with you uh, through the podcast and through my blogs and and emails and so on. So I hope that will inspire you and uh, hopefully allow you to avoid some of the mistakes that I I might make and also inspire you to do um, some of the things that go well for me. Uh, One big thing I have been thinking about over the past few months now is how I can scale what I've already started. Over the years, I read books like um, The E-Myth Revisited, and I recently read Built to Sell. And both of these reference the concept of using predictable processes and systems and I've seen this work well in in so many cases, not just in the graphic design space, but with uh, so many other types of businesses out there. And that's why I wanted to make it the topic of today's podcast. And 
To help me speak about that, I've invited on Greg Hickman. He's the owner of Alt Agency, who actually specialize in helping agency owners, freelancers, and service providers to grow and scale their businesses using predictable systems. And with this, it will help them to make their businesses more profitable as a result. Greg actually has an incredible free training course, which I highly recommend checking out on this topic. And you can find it at altagency.com forward slash workshop. It's just over an hour long, very in-depth. There's there's worksheets and all sorts of stuff so that you can work through that. And it is incredibly high value. So I, I do recommend checking it out. But it was after watching that that I knew that I really wanted to get Greg on the show as it inspired me. And I hope that it will inspire some of you listening to this too, who are also thinking about ways that they can make their businesses more profitable without working over the weekend. So to discuss predictable systems and approaches to scale your business, here is the interview with Greg Hickman. You teach agency owners and designers how to productize and scale their businesses using predictable systems. Uh, To give some background to this, what's the problem with serving each client differently based on their personal requirements? So it's a little bit of a loaded question, but I mean, ultimately, you know, in a general sense, if as kind of the story unfolds, you know, as I've seen talking to other agency owners, starting from scratch on every project um, becomes cumbersome and really, really laborious. And that means it takes longer to fulfill and get each client what it is that they need uh, and what they came to you for. Usually the result, uh, the reason that this happens is that traditional agencies, as I'll call it for the sake of the conversation, are offering just too wide of services. And in oftentimes in their proposal, client getting sales process, the client is actually dictating which of those services they want and you know which combination from the service menu. And when you are trying to fulfill on that, as especially in an agency in the early days, you typically don't have all those resources to, to do those things. So you're kind of pulling in different experts or contractors and freelancers and consultants or whatever to kind of like make an ad hoc solution for this person, almost all of which won't be able to be utilized for the next client. And so you start over from scratch. And so the what, what I see happening is people that do that will you know will try to create an SOP or a document that will make it easier the next time but the frequency in which they even use those SOPs or systems to streamline the delivery of that thing is few and far between because the, the deliverable for every client is different so they actually add more to their plate by creating the documentation for something that they don't use frequently enough to benefit from having it in the first place Um, and so like there's kind of, it turns into this like cycle of, well, everything's manual. Um, I'm always getting clients based on referral because 
what you're selling is unique to every single client. And so when someone, it's hard for someone to give a referral when they're like, oh, well, you know, Greg did this for me, but then someone else is like, well, Greg did this other thing for me. That really creates a challenge in automating lead generation, acquisition, referrals, things like that, that can be scaled. Uh, And so what I've seen is like, it's a great way to get started, you know, doing the work for, uh, you know, a, a variety of people. But the sooner that you can narrow down on who it is you are serving and take that combination of skill sets to solve a specific problem via a specific solution, uh, you'll be able to grow a whole lot faster and work a whole lot less while doing it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it does. I mean, personally, um, with what I've been doing with my logo design services, because it was on the side of a full-time job without Mm -hmm. even realizing I did create a productized service, but where I'm falling down the rabbit hole now. So with things like logo design, I've got template emails, template Mm -hmm. quotes, template, everything is templated and people go through this flow. But, um, at the beginning of our conversation, I mentioned that in a couple of weeks time, I will be going full time. And I'm already seeing myself going down that rabbit hole of Mm -hmm. taking on more work and each specific client, you know, one, one project might be, um, an illustration of a map. Another one might be a website. And I'm already seeing the problems that you mentioned where for each of those clients, even though, you know, financially it's worth it for me, but what I'm creating is just one off and it will never be used again. And, um, you know, in, in the event that I did do all of that work, there is a high risk that some of those clients might not pay. And I can see if I did this kind of, uh, more and more, and I'm just going to start drowning in trying to create different things for different people. So I can absolutely see the, the real value of productizing. Yeah. So I think, well, first of all, being the, the logo geek, I mean, I would, I'd like to assume that you've read built to sell. I have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and so I think there's something interesting for those of you that haven't read the book. I think you should. Um, it's about a creative agency that really narrowed down and productized their service into just logo creation. And, Mm -hmm. um, in our journey, you know, from going from what I call a generalist service provider, which is sort of what we talk to from the, you know, the beginning, the traditional do everything for everybody, you know, wide range of services, but not much depth. You're kind of getting hired more cases for your time and your, and like your, obviously your body hands to keyboard as I usually call it. And, uh, versus like, so even with built to sell, like they productize their service. And I think one of the things that commonly comes up in this conversation of productizing is, well, how do you productize something that still has a lot of, you know, customization? And as you're kind of alluding to, there are a lot of things that you can do. And just like they talk about in that book, that the productization, so to speak, and really in that book, it's the systemization of the process that they, in which they create the logos. You know, how do they sell logos once they get a project? What's the, the step-by-step process that they move through to get them to the beautiful logo that's approved at the end of the, at the end of the journey, at the end of the project. But obviously that logo is unique every time. And there's, 
there's customization and creativity that goes into that. So in, in that regard, like I think that type of business, like there are just some types of businesses where there's only so much productization that you can do before you reach the kind of you've raised the ceiling, so to speak, on your capacity, but you're still gonna run into the issue of, well, if order if in order for us to serve like five or ten more clients every month, I need X more designers that can do logos following my process. Now them going through your process, they probably should be able to churn out more logos per month than with no process, which is kind of the goal, increased capacity, increased number of clients. But again, even with that level, you're going to reach a point where it's going to become a, well, in order to take on X more clients, I need X more people. So what we found is that um, this is where kind of our notion of the hybrid agency really started to evolve and kind of productized services is a progression in this journey. And you also have the opportunity to add on a, and this is really what we've been doing with a lot of our clients, adding on a leveraged, call it online program that ultimately delivers the exact same result as the service that you were doing done for you one-on-one, but in a done with you one-to-many format. Call it you know, for the sake of terms like group coaching, uh, high ticket consulting, um, where it's a program with a set, you know, um, deliverable with a fixed turnaround time. And there's a lot of opportunity for agencies to add a revenue stream like that to their business that really doesn't have that share that same cap that ceiling that you do with productized services. Yes, you'll need to obviously use team to grow, but in our program, for example, whether I have one client or I have 50 clients, my fulfillment and my team's fulfillment is roughly two to five hours a week, whether it's one client or 50. Like it doesn't, it's not per client. It's two to five per week, whether I have one or 50. Like that's a whole lot more scalable even than a productized service. Um, so I'm just trying to kind of draw the line that there is a there is a progression as you want to keep growing. You know, productization to me is selling and delivering a service like a product. Production line. Um, and again, with some things like logo creation, there's still going to be a cap. You're not going to be able to, I mean, I say you're not going to be able to. You theoretically could do a done with you logo. The problem is most people aren't going to do that. Like, I, and I and I'm, I think I'm a realist in that regard. That not every type of agency or creative service is going to be able to, you know, fully get to the done with you. However, if you started serving other lo- uh, other designers on how to just productize a logo creation service, now you become the teacher teaching other creators, which is going to be infinitely more scalable because that could be a coaching model. So it's almost like an entrepreneur opportunity within your own business, if that makes sense. Like you're not, you're mm-hmm. launching a new business inside your existing business. Um, so there's those, there's really, again, it's two different ways to get there. Um, sometimes you just have to go, to, go through that productization of your service before you can even be positioned to launch, say like a group coaching program. 
Mm. Does that make sense? It's interesting. Yeah, it does. Because I, I know we spoke about these different levels. Firstly, I want to say that Built to Sell book, I, I listened to the audio version only a couple of months ago. Mm. And I've also listened to the E-Myth Revisited. And there's some similar overlap to everything that you're speaking about now. Um, I think, you know, like when we're talking about scale here so that listeners understand um, what Greg's talking through is like, creating uh systems and processes so that even as a you know single person you could indefinitely scale your income and it, like you said it would go from at the beginning kind of maxing yourself out in terms of how many logos you could do to building a team there's a cap to anything like that but right. product services training the the one-to-many model that you mentioned which you go through in more detail in your training course which i'll link to in the show notes cool. you i can totally understand how that is like absolutely indefinitely um scalable because mm. you you can add more people to that thing without doing any more work right exactly so in terms of productizing mm -hmm. I'm sure there would be people listening to this that um, could be offering potential products. How do you go about working working out what that is? Yeah, so great question. Um, we kind of developed our own process where, I mean, we call it creating the signature service, uh, but it it's we have a whole workbook on it. So obviously I won't be able to like show the workbook in, in this conversation, yeah. but yeah. I mean, really what we're looking at is Instead of, you know, selling services like most, we'll say most agencies are selling them, um, you want to start thinking about, well, what is the problem that my client has, my prospect has, and what is the solution to getting them the result that they want? And, you know, most, when I talk to, to most agency owners and I'm like, what do you sell? They really can't answer that question because it depends on what the client wants. And fundamentally, that's the problem. <laughs> so yeah. like if I get a client that's my ideal client, my solution for them is 90% already done before they ever even became a client because I already know the problem that I solve for my ideal client and I only serve my ideal client. So the, the problem is predefined. So I know my client so well that I know exactly what problems and pains that they have. So I only design my solution around solving those, those problems and eliminating that pain, which means I don't need to be good at every type of marketing service or creative service. I need to be good at only the things that will solve that problem. And so I package that up and I deliver it to a client or I take a client through it in a step-by-step -step process that is repeatable that I would take any single client ever through the exact same process to achieve that result. And so I always like the, the analogy of, um, it's not necessarily an analogy, but like if you draw a line, you know, a straight line left to right, and on one side you draw a circle and on the other side you draw another circle. And on the left, on the left side you write from, and on the, the right side of this, the right circle you write to. I like to think about what is my ideal prospect or client trying to escape from? What is the problem in their life or the pain in their business that they're trying to escape from? And where, where are they arriving to when, when that problem is fixed? So 
you really start to look at the delivery of your service as a transformation that you are creating a specific end to end result. Someone has X problem. And once you do Y, they end up with Z, you know, now you just need to find more clients with the same problem and you take them through the same process and they'll achieve the same result. And you do that over and over and over. And that's like really the, the starting path. So we have our clients kind of identify, Hey, like what is the real problem you're solving? And this is a very ugly process for a lot of agency owners. Believe me, like they go through a lot of iteration on this because oftentimes they don't know because again, the client told them we want X, Y, Z. Can you create it? And they're like, yeah. And then like, well, can you do it for less? And you still say, yeah. (laughs) And you know, it's, like this back and forth of like, here's my service menu. Oh, you can cherry pick which items you want. That's really like they might, they're just going to continue to use you if they do, because it's cost effective. Um, at some point you will be viewed as labor. Um, and over time labor decreases in value. So this is why you see people say, I want to bring it in house, or we found someone that can do this cheaper. Like I haven't met an agency owner that has been established for a little while that hasn't at least heard that once. And so first we're like, all right, well, what's the problem they're escaping from and what's the destination? What's the arrival that they want to arrive at? Okay. Now we're clear on that. What would you do with them or for them to get them from what they're escaping to arriving? How do you get them from A to B? That might be five steps, that might be nine steps, that might be 12 steps, what have you. But we have them basically write it all out into a workbook. And then we organize those steps into kind of buckets, so to speak. Because usually, you know, when you get into your granular step-by-step process of solving a problem, there's a lot of things that you can say like, hey, like this is sort of in the same category of, you know, the other thing. So let's kind of put them in the same bucket, so to speak. And so we organize them so that all of the steps are kind of in, in the same family, in the same, call it uh, phase, if you will. And then we make sure the phases are in sequential order. And that gives us a roadmap to really start to identify what training can I create to help alleviate some of my fulfillment, what templates or resources or you know, SOPs do I do need do I need to create in order to make that step of the process more seamless or have someone else even do it for me? Like what would what would they need? And that it, that's kind of like the high level process is identify mm-hmm. where they're escaping from, where they want to go to, map out all the steps, organize the steps into phases, and then you have kind of a usually I'd say like a three to five phased approach approach that is how you solve your client's problem does that make sense oh yeah it does i i can see that um with this you're creating a step-by-step process that you'll run um every client through every time and it allows you to work much more effectively um I'm quite familiar with this myself as I I use processes um, already for my logo design projects. But I I know that if you're uh, used to serving each client differently, um, which I'm sure some listeners do, I'd imagine that they could be concerned that running every client through the same process every time would feel like they're not properly serving their client. How can you make sure that you're serving your clients properly when 
you are running through the same predictable process each time. Yeah. See, I mean, I kind of would ask another question um, is, well, if the process you designed to get them that result isn't properly serving them, you need to fix your process. Yeah. Right. So like just because you have a process in getting them to the result doesn't mean they should be getting serviced any less like AKA and also define what does service less mean. Um, and, and I think this honestly, and I'm not trying to dance around your question, but I think the reality is that most service providers, agency owners, they can't like in their own mind, see how this would be possible. Um, so they kind of resort back to thinking how it has to be done right now. And, um, that whole mindset shift needs to change because it kind of, a story kind of comes to my mind that would make this a lot, a lot better. I was, um, I was in a room, I was actually getting coached. I was at a, like a coaching workshop, call it. And someone asked a question, um, cause the, the conversation that I kind of parallel this to is like, well, one-on-one coaching versus group coaching. Would you say that that's like kind of a similar? Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Exactly. So yeah. Let, let's assume for the sake of the example is like, some people are like, well, how can I, how can I coach someone that I normally would coach one-on-one, but in a group and get them the same result? And, um, that was the question that someone in the audience had asked. And so the presenter in the room walked up to them and said, okay, let's say, um, the goal of our coaching was to get you to a million dollars a year in your business. Would you rather me have 12 one-on-one coaching calls with you one a month, every month for the next 12 months in order for you to get to the, the seven figure business, or would you rather me just touch your shoulder and you get your seven figure business? And everyone obviously laughs, but the person's like, yeah, duh, yeah. I'd obviously <laughs> rather you just touch my shoulder. And the demonstration was, okay, so what you just told me was what you care, you care more about the result than you do about how we're going to get you there. Correct? And he's like, yeah, totally. Cool. So if I were to say, hey, it's going to cost you 25000 for these 12 calls and I get you there in three calls, are you going to ask for a refund? And he's like, ah, I see what you're saying. He's like, because it might not take us 12 calls. It might take us one. It might take us 10 minutes for you to know what to do to go get the result that you want. So if you're getting hung up on the logistics of how I'm going to get you to the result, then you're actually disconnected from the result. And so I kind of play that back to our, our scenario here is like, it shouldn't necessarily matter what pieces you need to do in order to get your client the result, as long as they get the result that they came to you for. And it's your job as the service provider to be able to get them to that result as fast as possible, where the, obviously the work is done well. And in a predictable way for you that ideally requires the least amount of work so that you have the highest possible profit margin and to be able to do that over and over and over and over again. Is that making sense? Yeah, it does. I think, I think to some degree, it's kind of like a mindset shift because if you're used to, 
um, having clients call you and coming to you with like, um, I need a brochure, I need this, I need that. If you're used to that, this this approach is is very different because I know you you start off with what the problem is and you create a solution for that. So it's I think it's a completely different mindset shift and and a different approach and um, it it comes down to kind of targeting and finding the right people rather than saying yes to everybody, which a, a lot of graphic designers would typically do. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, like, just let's use that brochure example. And this is going to be super high level. But um, say your your agency only does brochures for for companies. You should be the brochure expert, right? And so if a company wants a brochure, now, do they want a brochure or do they want something specific that a brochure delivers? a feeling like I would like to think that if you're just getting paid to like lay out a brochure, you're positioned yourself as a commodity and you're going to be in a bigger, bigger trouble anyway, which is also a part of the productization. You guys all have expertise. I'd bet that when you were hired in the first place, it was because you had some level of expertise. You just had, you just got hired for the expertise and the labor and then just continue to get paid for labor, 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 because you brought them into mm-hmm. a retainer mm-hmm. and no longer is there any expertise being sold, right? And so hence why your value goes down over time because all you are is hands to keyboard for the delivery of the brochure. But if you can go to your client and say, hey, um, you're doing this event and we know that if you give this type, this specific type of brochure that attend, like all the different, say it was for like an event, you know, Mm-hmm. This is the way that the brochure needs to be be laid out so all the sponsors get equal attention and all receive a good amount of traffic to their physical booths. So this, it's actually a benefit for your sponsors. So now it becomes a selling device for sponsorship, not just a brochure. It's like this is going to help you lock in more sponsors. This is going to help your your attendees navigate the venue. It's going to help you know all of the like the benefits of the brochure. If you're not like wrapping that up into a result, they're always going to look for the cheapest version of the of the who can design the brochure. But like your brochure needs to do something. And so I would guess if you have a specific if you've done say a thousand brochures, you probably know, hey, like a brochure needs these things and here are the top mistakes that every brochure does that you know when you do this, it's a, it's a crappy brochure. Um that you could say, look, like there's really only two layouts that your brochure should ever have. And we know how we know we're going to be able to tell which one is for you. And so now on the fulfillment side, it's like, okay, cool. What assets need to go into those two layouts? Okay. Now, now you just need to gather those assets and your creative team, literally you just turned the fulfillment process into like a, a plug and play piece. Yes. You might need to customize some copy. Yes. You might need some custom images, but like, if you're like, Hey, we need this type of image in this space and no other type of image here's how we get that image. That's You can create a system and a process around that, right? And your fulfillment is going to be a whole lot easier because when someone pays you, you're going to say, hey, we need these types of images and there's 10 of them. And then we need copy that is this many characters long that covers these five topics. Cool. Now we have a process to go get that. We probably at some point even have a you know, an ad lib style framework for our clients to give us the copy we need or that we use to get the copy out of them. 
And your system becomes all of a sudden very process oriented. It, the, the, ver- the thing that comes out will still be custom because the words on the page will be custom. The colors will be custom. The, what the event is on the brochure is custom. So like you're reducing the amount of custom variables by identifying a framework that you can operate within no matter whatever it is you're delivering. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, really. It really, really does. It, it makes a hell of a lot of sense because I mean, going back to what you mentioned earlier about um, kind of diagnosing what the problem is at the beginning, if you can create a solution to that, then um, like you said, with brochures in particular, you could create a, an entire framework that solves mm-hmm. a very specific problem. I just want to take a short break to thank FreshBooks who have sponsored this episode. As creatives, we like to spend our time designing logos and brand identities, but a lot of us spend more time than we'd like doing admin work, like creating invoices, chasing payments, logging expenses. And that's where FreshBooks can help you. It's an accounting software designed for creative professionals that will save you time. For example, you can create branded, professional-looking invoices in as little as 30 seconds. You can set up credit card payments right from those invoices too, meaning that your clients can pay faster. And when it comes around to tax time, you can export out tidy reports for expenses, invoice details, and sales tax to make working with an accountant really simple. Right now, I'm offering listeners of the Logo Geek podcast a free 30-day trial. To claim that, just head to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek, making sure to enter Logo Geek in how did you hear about a section. Now let's get back to the interview. Something that that's coming to mind is that from a sales point of view, mm-hmm. so when someone comes to you, personally, me and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, they would be used to um, possibly being provided with content, text and so on to create that brochure and they'd be used to, um, you know, doing it bespoke every time. If, say, you did come out with more of a productized um, system where you had maybe two or three different templates, you had a few different page layouts and so on. From a sales perspective, in those instances where say that client does come to you and they they do have their specific information already, mm-hmm. would it be a case of having a conversation like what you've been saying about here where you do ask some questions about um, the the results versus what they're wanting I I guess what I'm trying to ask um, to piece together some kind of question around this is how do you go about convincing your client to go down the more productized route than completely bespoke which I guess they would potentially be expecting yeah um, so I think this is one of those things where it's like you're probably not marketing yourself as productized um, yeah, you're, okay. you're marketing yourself as the result of the product and they don't necessarily have to know in some cases how bespoke the solution is as long as they get the result, honestly. And I listen, we have, um, our clients like send us sales call recordings and look as agency owners, creatives, we all love to talk about what we do. 
the client doesn't care. They want the end of the, they want the result at the end of the day. They don't necessarily care about all of your logistics and your terminology and the tools you're going to use. Like they literally don't care. They care about themselves and the result. And that's all you should really be talking about. Can you get them the result? And so if you get on the phone with someone and the client and they're like, okay, well, like I want this brochure. Um, and you're like, okay, cool. Like they're bought in. Like they basically said they want in and they're like, well, how does it work? You basically can either sell a bespoke option or you can sell a, you know, a done with you option if, if you're doing the kind of done with you productize and, and you should be diagnosing that, right? Mm-hmm. You're like a doctor. Hey, based on everything we talked about, you know, I really think it's best if we um, take you through this experience, product A, and um, it's $10,000 and you'll have your brochure in 30 days. And, you know, that takes one, one, one call in the first week. And we're going to need a few things that we'll gather that we'll have you get once we collect the first payment and let's get started. Right. And so you could sell it just like that. Like they don't need to know that you have this whole process in the back. They don't need to know that you only have two templates or frameworks or whatever, because you know that all they care about is the result and that it looks beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. And that it does the job. And so, um, we have a client right now, for example, uh, James, who he does, you know, this is less kind of on the creative side, but lead generation for, um, urgent care clinics. And there's a lot of technical pieces to that. And he reached the same kind of point where, excuse me, he was just like, I don't, I don't want to grow a big team. Like I want to figure out a way to do this with more time, freedom, leverage. And so he, he created, he went through our process and created like a done with you version of the service. So he's now showing them how to do certain pieces of his process. And, um, he has raised the price of his done for you almost now, uh, by three X and, so the done with you version becomes a whole lot more desirable. It delivers the exact same result. It's just a different wrapper on how he's getting them there. And he's had plenty of clients that have like wanted to be involved in the process. And so uh, every once in a while, he'll get someone that says like, um, I'd still, you know, I know that's expensive, but I'd still rather you do it for me. I mean, he has the problem right now where he said people are still willing. He keeps raising the price of the, the bespoke that he's like, they're still taking it. I'm like, well, keep raising it and keep even raising your, you know, your done with you version of your service. And he just keeps raising prices. And so he's getting better and better caliber of people when he gets, when he does sell a bespoke, but he's starting to sell a whole lot more of the done with you thing. And he can serve, like we talked about earlier, whether he gets three clients a month or 10 clients a month, his, his amount of fulfillment, whether it's three or 10 does not change. So that becomes like his core revenue stream and he can choose and be very selective with who he does his bespoke stuff with. Um, and so you kind of have both ways of delivering essentially the same result. One can be more hands-on, one can be more bespoke, but you elevate that price and it become and you get to choose who that process, you know, who gets to go through that process. Mm. I one thing I I really want to point out for listeners is one thing that you said um, uh, slightly earlier on about um, how you kind of present yourself at the beginning, how you come across. So things like through your website, you need if you do kind of take this route, is presenting yourself in the right way that you're not 
um, presenting yourself as a, I guess in quotes, a, a graphic designer that can do anything bespoke. Instead, you would present yourself in a way where it's like we design high conversion brochures for the sake of it and uh, promoting it as a product. So it's like you can come to you, purchase that. And I think just that from the outset, that initial first uh, touch point with you, if it's very clear exactly what you're um, going to be getting, then you you don't come in with the assumption of, okay, I need to prepare all of this for you and, and, and so on. And I think that's one of the most important things with this approach is getting that right from the beginning. Totally. I think, um, I really think that gone are the days. And if you don't modify this, I think this is something that is going to come back to haunt you is like gone are the days where you're just like, Hey, we help design beautiful websites. Like, like there needs to be a result. Like, I mean, if you ask any, especially if you serve B2B, which most agencies are serving B2B to some degree, people want a result. They don't like when you come in and like, Hey, we do all of these cool things for you. And like, it's a $5,000 a month retainer, like more and more because of how commoditized marketing services are and like how easy it is to get websites and you know, how easy it is to get logos with things like 99 designs. Like, unfortunately, some people just don't value those things like they used to because of it's just everywhere, obviously. And so part of that comes down to you as the provider up-leveling the type of clients that you work with. And when you choose higher caliber problems, when you choose higher caliber problems and higher caliber clients, they're going to want more than just labor they're going to want a specific result and your services however packaged need to deliver that so when you start marketing yourself as hey we help insert avatar achieve insert desired result you're now selling a result a transformation it can be automate pieces of the process can be automated because the conversation can be automated um because you're now selling a product like to them it's a product when you use this service this is the result that you get right not you're going to get 5 hours of my time a month to do whatever it is you need me to do when it comes to marketing activities that's that's not productized that's just you selling blocks of hours you know um and so i just think like at some point most of the people listening here got hired because of their expertise, not just because of their labor. And usually because agencies are, I'll just say desperate to, to get more money, they're afraid to lose clients. So they take on work outside of their wheelhouse to keep a client. And that is usually the, the beginning of when all you're doing is becoming labor. Does that make sense? I don't mean to be harsh, but that's like, I think we're, we're at a real crossroads for, for some people. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And and you know what's really, what, what, one thing that you really got me thinking about, and, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like it, but there's a lot of services out there now for logo design in particular that are the one for many model that you've been talking about. You know, they're, they are kind of AI generated systems where, you know, people can go on these websites, pay $5, select a few options, the AI technology generates a few things and then plops out a, a logo. And, and that is 
this one for many option that you kind of mentioned. So, I mean, if anyone, like if, if it was a logo design only company, that would be the, the way forward. And I, I know a lot of, a lot of people listening to this will be like cringing, like, oh, I can't stand those things. Um, yeah. but I, I, I mean, going back to the brochure example, I think that's a better example for this. It's, uh, uh, less of a, a sour point for <laughs> listeners but I can imagine the uh, what you said about uh, I guess uh, helping your clients to actually do it themselves if say with brochures you could cr- potentially create like, hypothetically create a piece of software yeah where you could guide them through um, the layouts they choose a layout they insert the image that, that, that you want you could you could connect um, like the images to some kind of image database thing that you can manage they can input their text and stuff like that save it and then you basically send it off to a printer so that's kind of that next level and and in terms of your time it's literally that initial consultation then working through that like there's endless potential to uh, what you can do when you really focus on the problem and scaling up from there. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. It's a fascinating, fascinating conversation. Yeah, to, totally. It, there's, there's a lot to think about. Yeah. And I think one of the, like the overarching things that I want to come out of this conversation, the importance for people is, and some people might already have this, but like if all you sell is a bespoke service, you have one revenue stream that is hard to systematize and make predictable. And that is the reason you don't have leads coming to you every single day using an automated sales funnel or that tr- the reason you have trouble using Facebook ads and that why most of your fulfillment is manual because every time you sell something, it's different. Every problem you solve is a little bit different or different enough that you can't have that built. So the, the, the reason we want to add a productized service or add a group coaching, group consulting program or add software is we're adding another revenue stream that allows us to collect money with working less, doing less effort. But all of those things. I mean, if you were going to build a software, you wouldn't do it like you do your, your service right now, right? Like your software would do something specific. And you need to think about your, you know, your agency and your, you know, your, 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 your service the same way. And I think the more um, we can start adding these leveraged revenue streams to our business, aka the hybrid agency model, I think the more sustainability and longevity you're going to have, and also the more profitability, especially if you're the type of person that like doesn't want to have the fifty to one hundred person agency. I know that wasn't me. I came from that. And so when we started getting more clients and I was like, well, in order for me to hit this revenue goal, I'm going to need 10 more employees to serve the number of clients that I'll need to hit that number. And my profit margins will be less slightly and I'm going to have a ton more headache. And that's not what I wanted. And so that's when I realized like, well, I needed to find a different way to generate revenue that wasn't just tied to my labor and my time via the bespoke service. And you're starting to see this with, with, with certain companies, you know, the smart ones like agencies that now have built software that now, you know, they use their software for their clients, but hey, they can also sell their software to their clients that can't afford their service, but now can get some of the benefit by using the software. Like that's 
you're seeing that happen more. I mean, you even see software companies adding services. Look at a company like HubSpot. You can go pay them for, you know, coaching and you can go pay them for done for you services from their internal team that go along with the, the, the software, right? They're a software first company for sure, but they're adding these other revenue streams that extend and, and expand the value of the clients coming in in those other areas. And I think that we as small you know, creatives and small service providers, agency owners can do the same thing, but it needs to start somewhere and we can't, you know, we're not all developers, so we can't go create software. And so what I always aim to do is like, let's simplify what the service is that you do right now bespoke. Like let's simplify it down to like a specific result. Then let's go sell it as a done with you experience and get really good at doing that. And we do that for at least a year and now we have two ways to deliver the exact same result. And now when we have sales conversations, we can raise the price of our bespoke stuff. And thus, we're going to get more people in the done with you thing, which should be more profitable, take less time. Um, and each time you do it, it gets better and better for the next client because you're continuing to refine that system. You start to create another revenue stream that will... In potentially in a short amount of time, replace and surpass the revenue that you have from things that are tied to your bespoke, you know, done for you, highly customized, not that profitable service the way you do now. And that's like the step that we essentially take our clients on is adding that thing in 90 days and then replacing, using it to replace your done for you revenue in 12 months. Mm. Hmm. Well, I mean, you, you personally really sold me on this whole concept and I'm hoping that listeners will, um, also agree because you, I mean, you can totally understand. So at the beginning, I, um, I, I know you have like this pyramid thing in, in, in the free course. Yeah. I'm going to mention the free course again. Everyone needs to go and check that. It's like, how long is it? It's like over an hour and it's really good. It's like like really, minutes. really, really good. Yeah. So definitely go and check it. It's, it's, it's uh, worth its weight in gold. Um, but you've got this pyramid. So at the bottom, there's the generalist. So as a graphic designer, when you're starting out, you will be taken on everything. And that kind of makes sense because it's the position that you're in. But then you get to a point where um, you, all of your time is taken up. So then you start to specialize and then you go at the pyramid and then you start to create um uh, done for you services and then scale you know you, I can imagine just scaling and scaling up and it's 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 an interesting way to think about growing your business because the the moment you've kind of reached that ceiling um, financially you should be covered so you should then be working on like the next tier in that pyramid uh, just so that people know what I'm talking about would you mind explaining through that pyramid because I can't remember exactly what the different steps are yeah. So there's the four, st four stages of the pyramid. The bottom is actually what I call scavenger. Um, it's usually when yeah. you're in like validation mode, you're trying to find who you serve and what you actually sell, essentially just taking anything. Um, but sometimes you get pretty good at just getting clients that you kind of move into the generalist phase, which is that next level up. And that that's where, you know, you like you're able to get clients. Um, but the, the way in which you get them is usually just saying yes. Like there's no actual product that you're selling. You probably have a service menu of a bunch of different things you can do. You try to squeeze all of them in there, hoping that they're going to stay in some sort of retainer. 
But ultimately what ends up happening is they're cherry picking the menu um, for whatever it is they want and need, arguing down that price. Um, and the, so usually the general is, is the service you deliver is general, like call it full service, all service, too many services is broad. And the type of person that you serve is, uh, it's like, you know, we help chiropractors, we help, you know, coaches, we help, you know, single mothers. Like there's no, there's no, um, you know, trend in who you serve. So that's the generalist phase. Then the next phase is specialist. Um, and there's really kind of two stages of specialist. There's the, um, like kind of looking at that generalist example and specialist, you could specialize on a niche and have a combination of services that solve a specific problem, or you could just do one thing for one type of person, if that makes sense. Um, and then the, the top of the pyramid is, is CEO or owner and kind of the, as you go up the ladder, you know, we look at a few different things. We look at, um, you know, productization, like at the, towards the bottom, your product is the word. Yes. You'll take anything you can get as you get to the specialist phase though, you're selling solutions as your product. Um, it's not bespoke. It's a predefined problem with a pre-scoped solution with a pre-built process to get them that, so to deliver that solution. And oftentimes at that stage, it's, you know, it still might be you within certain pieces of that process that are delivering it, but you can really accelerate and uh, increase your revenue just at that level. But we have some clients that want to build even more of a call a business where they're actually the owner. And so when you go to the owner status, it's like, okay, well now you have team that are managing the systems that you created in the specialist phase and you're overseeing, this is kind of that transition from owner operated to owner. And, mm -hmm. um, you now own a system and there are people that help you run and manage the system as well as technology. And in that CEO phase, owner phase is really where you start expanding your revenue streams by adding products that are also like just additional products that are also solutions. So you go from kind of one core revenue stream into multiple revenue streams. And, um, instead of like the predictable revenue that you're getting from selling the one solution, you're actually amplifying your revenue because now you have multiple solutions that you're selling. Well, you've left me with a lot of things to think about and hopefully listeners as well. Um, I think we, we've done about 50 minutes and I think you've kind of covered everything that I, I think um, uh, I wanted to go through personally. And um, I'd like people to go and check out that training course. So um, just to kind of wrap things up, how can people learn more about you and, and what you do and learn more about these these processes as you mentioned yeah i'll give you guys a couple options which is like not the marketer thing to do but um you know that workshop um i know you're going to link it up uh, at the bottom yeah or it's available at altagency.com slash workshop it's about 75 minutes long um i'd say watch it it kind of breaks down the whole process that we went through um we went through this too um if you're looking for a plethora of free content, um, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you just search Greg Hickman in YouTube, you'll see um, 
uh, on my channel, I have a playlist called productizing. Um, and there's, I don't know, 30 to 40 videos that are essentially my podcast also available audio only and iTunes and everything that kind of cover all the topics, the journey, the challenges, both mindset and systems, automation, structure, pricing, um, all of that stuff's covered in a lot of those videos. Um, so I definitely check out those two resources. And obviously if you check out the workshop and it resonates with you and it sounds like you, something you want to move forward with, you have the ability to schedule a call with myself into the team and we can just see if it would work for you. And you know, if it can't, and again, like the, if we can't help someone, we will be the first to tell them, Hey, like this is not something that we think we're confident in getting you that result. Um, but if it is, you know, we literally have our own step-by-step process to, to launch this version of your service in 90 days with three to 10 clients paying somewhere between three and $10,000 and, you know, talk about predictability of the process. The only variable in that solution is the person going through it. <laughs> like if you do everything that's in that, you will get that result. <laughs> so just like your service should do because you're selling a, a result. So, um, yeah, check out that workshop again. You'll either love it or you'll rebel against it. And that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't normally give an, an opportunity at the end to kind of sell things, but I, I really do want to say that free training course is really, really good. And, um, it's very long, very in depth, and you got like this downloadable worksheet thing as well. And yeah, we make you work. Um, I mean, work. I yeah, I mean, I, I need to go through that a few times myself. But I, I think you know you can work through that yourself. I, I don't think you necessarily need to get in touch with you to uh, go through your service. But obviously, no, no, if yeah. someone did want to take it to that next level, yeah, yeah. they have the option. But yeah, I think just the free stuff is incredible. Yeah, check it out for sure. It- I mean, I'm here to help as much as I possibly can. I mean, that's why there's over a hundred videos on my YouTube channel talking about all of this stuff, right? We, I could talk about this for days as you guys can tell. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I said, I just think there's a huge opportunity for, you know, people that are listening that have the skill set to do the work, but also want to find that thing that, you know, I see a lot of agency owners that are like, oh my God, I would love to have a course, you know, where like someone could buy it and, you know, I don't have to talk to them ever. Uh, And there's actually a huge opportunity for the service providers, agencies that kind of combine that notion of courses with their skill sets. And this is that where that hybrid agency comes in, where you can still be charging a premium. You could still have a high touch experience, but you still get all the benefits and the scalability of something like an online course. And will it be as scalable as a course? Obviously not, but it'll be plenty scalable that you could do seven figures and beyond. Um, and there's plenty of case studies and examples of people doing it. Um, so it's just, it's just a huge, I think a huge opportunity for the people that are skilled because guess what? A lot of the course creators that sell like a thousand dollar courses, they can never charge a premium because they've only, they, they don't know how to do it. They just only know how to teach it. And most people on this podcast listening know how to do it also. And there's a huge value in that. It's we're we're beyond the knowledge economy and we are in the implementation economy and you guys know how to implement and it's just you just got to start merging back into that knowledge element as well and you guys could all be deadly. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's a mic drop moment and uh, the perfect kind of point to end the interview. So, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. You've given me and I'm sure all listeners a lot to think about. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, let both myself and Greg know by giving us a shout out on social media. Take a photo of where you are in the world. Let us know. I always love to hear from listeners and I know that Greg will really appreciate that too. If you want to learn more about Greg Hickman, head to his company website, altagency.com. Alternatively, check out the show notes for this episode where I'll link to that as well as his social profiles, links to any books and resources that we mentioned in this interview, as well as a full transcription too. So to find the show notes for this episode, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 70. Again, to find the show notes for this week's episode, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 70. If you're keen to discuss anything mentioned in this interview with me and almost 8,000 logo designers from around the world, join the Logo Geek community on Facebook. It's totally free to join and it's incredibly active, meaning that you'll get your questions answered, the feedback that you want and the support that you need to grow as a designer. So to find that, just head to logogeek.uk forward slash community or just search on Facebook for the Lego Geek community and hopefully you'll find it. On top of that, if you like to jump on group video calls with me and a handful of other professional designers every two weeks, you can join up by joining Logo Geek Plus. It's currently only $10 a month to join and for that you'll get access to a private forum, a Slack group, as well as all recordings from previous hangouts that we've had too. Some of those hangouts have included special guests. One of them was Ben Loys, who's been on the podcast in the past, and he went through his whole process from start to finish, which was incredibly inspiring for me. And I know it really inspired everybody that was in the group as well. One other thing that we've also worked on over the past few months is, is activities. One of them was a logo design project for a non-profit and it was so successful that I do want to do more of that as well as bringing in special guests. With the non-profit project, a cool thing that I did, rather than um, simply ask people to design a logo and we all come together and, and share the logos that we did, I actually made sure that we came together at certain checkpoints throughout the process. So there was a point where we came together and we spoke about ideas. And uh, it was really cool to see people's sketchbook process, idea generation process. And that in itself, for me, was just inspiring to see. It's good to see how other people think and I know that everybody that was in those calls got an awful lot out of that part of the process alone so I hope that that will inspire you to hopefully join and be part of Logo Geek Plus. Long term I do plan to increase the price um, but once you do subscribe you are locked into the price range that you pay from day one so it's a good time to get in early whilst it's still cheap. 
If that's of interest, head to community.logageek.uk and when you first sign up, I'll also send you a Logo Geek enamel pin badge too. So that is it for this week, but I will see you the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek podcast.